And I hope this study will help you the way it's already helped me. So look at a couple verses because we're talking today about a launching pad, the beginning of something. I've been to Cape Canaveral and I've seen that. Anybody been to Cape Canaveral, seen that launching pad? And I think recently they redid it. I think they tore down the ones they've used for so many years. And I think they're either building or all, have already built. But, but that's where it all begins, those, those, those missions to, uh, I, think, I think they're trying to revolve around the sun now. And uh, eventually that thing's just going to disintegrate or whatever it's going to do when it gets closer and closer and closer to the sun. But Peter's life is what we're looking at today. Look at a couple of verses, Matthew 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of what? Of men. And the Bible says, and they, what's that next word? They what? Straightways. Anybody know another word for straightway? Immediately. Without hesitation. Look, these guys were fishermen, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. And I want you to see this this morning, because when you think of our lives as a disciple, God's given us really the opportunity of a lifetime to be a, a follower of Jesus Christ. It's that launching pad of adventure. And if we accept this discipleship of the Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, if we accept the fact that he's called us to follow him, then there's no telling, look, the sky's the limit, right, with God. Uh, the things that God will do. I remember before I got saved, listen, I grew up in the Midwest. I had been to three states. After I got saved, God began to work in my life. God began to do things. God began to open doors for me. I've now been to 48 states and two foreign countries. And I honestly, listen, I, I know that all that I've experienced in all those places and all the Christians that I've met and all the churches that I've been into, those are all things that I would have never experienced had it not been for the grace of God, had it not been for God's working in my life. And I hope you have a testimony that you understand this morning that it is God's design for every one of us to follow the call of God. Now, again, I realize God's call, if there is some, and we'll talk a little bit about this this morning, but God's call for Peter was different than God's call for you. But there are certain things that God expects out of every believer, every believer. God doesn't call everybody into full-time uh, Christian service, but I do believe God wants every Christian to be a full-time Christian. Amen? Amen? And we need to make sure that we understand this. It's God's design. Now, we have to begin with, if we're thinking about this launching pad, then the question begs this morning, why were we created? Why are we here? And a good verse for this that I, I love is Revelation there, and you know it's Revelation 4, and the Bible says in verse number 11, Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You know what that means? God created you for his pleasure. God created you. It, it, it's amazing when you think about our lives that God created us for his pleasure, but God also created us that you and I, your life and mine, would bring glory to God, that we would glorify Him. The, the Bible says, whether therefore you eat or drink 
or whatsoever ye do, do all to the what? To the glory of God. That, that means God should get the glory out of every aspect of your life. And it's so important that we understand this. See, the greatest purpose of our lives is what? To serve the Lord. To serve the Lord. And uh, I, I'm going to talk with her a little bit more in the future, but I, was, I texted Jessica this week, and Jessica had a trip to go on a missions trip, and man, she had a good time. I, I only saw like a little bitty snapshot uh, in a video that I saw, but, but some of the things that Jessica experienced whenever she went on this missions trip, she got an opportunity to serve the Lord, and I'm going to tell you something. I, I know this in her heart. Jessica's different than she was when she went because God showed her things. God let her experience things. That's why Jeremiah says, mine eye hath affected mine heart. Uh, why do you think that they're so smart on TV that they put these ads where they'll ask for you to give money and then they put these dogs that, that you can see their ribs, right? Because they know when people see those things, they can't help but say, I want to be a part of that. Well, folks, listen, we have God's word. We all know what the Lord Jesus Christ and what God the Father has done for us. And folks, I can't think of a greater reason to serve him because of all he's done for me and all he's done for you. But we have an opportunity to serve the Lord. And this is what God was given to Peter was an opportunity to, to be called of God. And listen, what was God doing? He was calling him away from his everyday life, things that were familiar. You know, did, did you experience anything different where you went on your trip than you do here in the States? <laughs> Every day, all day, right? It was a different environment. You know, I think part of, the, part of our lives is we get so used to, you know, we, we get in our comfort zone. We all like our comfort zone, don't we? You know, I, I, maybe if I get an opportunity, I'll show that picture of Jessica. What kind of snake was that? A baby. How long was that snake? It was, I'd say, it looked to me like it was at least 10 foot long. I don't know. A baby in a con and she had it over her shoulders. And I'm like, are you serious? My wife would be running as far away from that snake as possible. And I'd be right behind her. <laughs> but listen, we have to understand, God is going to do in our lives, just like he did in Peter's. Well, how does that begin? Look at number one. It begins with the calling. With the calling. I look at verse number 19 in our text this morning, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. The Bible says, and he saith unto them, follow me. Now, I hope you understand that your life as a Christian, God has not saved one Christian just to sit. God has saved every one of us to serve him. God wants us to do something for the Lord, and he's continually, look, when you study the word of God, here's what you find. Jesus is continually calling out to his disciples to do something for him. Uh, here's, here's a simple example. Remember, Jesus told his disciples to go into town and get some meat, right? Well, listen, it wasn't about that meat, was it? When they came back, he taught them a valuable lesson, and what did he teach them? That my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Boy, they, they had a hard time with that. You know why? Because they were good Baptists. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm starving to death. It's time to eat. 
And Jesus was trying to teach them that more important than taking care of ourselves is doing the will of God, doing what God's called us to do. So God calls us for many things. He calls us to love him and to love others. God calls us to give. And, and many in our church are very good in this area of giving of themselves, giving of their time, giving of their resources, giving of their talents. But listen, God also calls us to witness for him. And God wants every one of us to be a witness. I know some of you struggle with it a little bit. Uh, one of the men came back yesterday after they went out uh, knocking on doors and said that Brother Guslett uh, kind of tangoed with a big dog yesterday. And I said to the man that was with him, I said, well, how did, how did Brother Guslett take that? And he says, he was fine. You know, because Brother Guslett realizes now nobody wants to get bit or eaten by a dog. But listen, we have to understand that when God speaks to us, we have to hear the call of God. And listen, just to be a hearer is not enough, right? We have to heed the call of God. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want for my life? Look, I love John 10, 27. Notice these personal pronouns. My sheep, Jesus said, hear my what? Voice. Do you hear God's voice speak to you? Now, I'm not talking an audible voice, but I am saying there are times when the Lord speaks directly to me. You know why? Because I'm one of his sheep. I'm one of his children. If you're saved today, listen, God is calling you. He calls you during various times to do things for him. And we need to understand how very important it is that we listen to his call. Well, look at, here's the important reason is why we should listen. Notice, first of all, the person of the call. Who is it that's calling? Well, it's pretty simple to understand that the Lord is the one that's dealing with Peter. He is the one that's drawing him away. I think it's exciting when you see uh, how that God has so much for our lives, but you know, it's a sad day we live in, and by the way, this is nothing new, that people are drawn away by fame, people are drawn away by fortune, people are drawn away by, by just wanting to have comfort in their lives. Some people give their entire life to knowledge. You know, they, they spend their entire life trying to amass things for themselves, and Paul even explained it in the Word of God you study it yourself. Here's what he was saying, that if I could paraphrase, there are many voices in this world that call out to us. You know, a lot of people struggle because they're hearing this and they're hearing that. But can I tell you that God's call, what the Lord wants for your life, it should be preeminent. It should be first. Why should it be first in our lives? Because it's what God wants instead of what this world wants. See, there's not a higher calling than to be a disciple of the Lord, to, to begin your life following the Lord. His call will always lead us, and I love this about the Lord, is His, his call always leads us to what's best for our lives. God's never going to lead you down the wrong path. God wants what's best for you. Look what He says in Jeremiah 29. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has a purpose for your life. That's why God called Peter. Look, a lot of us, because we've read our Bibles, we can fast forward in Peter's life from Matthew 4 to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, right? And that's just one example. See, the Lord knew the day of Pentecost was going to happen before it happened. 
Peter had no idea. If you'd asked Peter, you're going to stand one day and speak for the Lord, and 3,000 people are going to put their faith in Christ, Peter would have laughed in your face. But can I also tell you that if you would have told Peter, hey, listen, one day the Lord is going to be put on trial, and you're going to deny him three times. Peter would have done the same thing. I would never do that. I think about our lives. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.15. That he died for how many people? He died for all. That they which live, that's everybody, right? Everybody that he died for, everybody that comes to know him as Savior. The Bible says that all of them should live, not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him. See, your life's not your own. Once you get saved, you've been bought with a price. What is that price? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Christ died for your sins. Are you with me this morning? Do you agree with this this morning? This is, this is Bible. It's, it's paramount that we understand. And look, I just personally believe this morning, Now you may not feel the same way, I personally believe that God is still calling out to his people today. If I didn't believe that, folks, we might as well close our Bibles, lock the doors, turn out the lights, and go home. I still believe God's call and speaking to people today. And so it all begins with the person of the call. But then notice, secondly, the purpose. And we've talked about this. Now, you remember what Jesus' ultimate purpose of coming to this world? He summed it up in Luke 19.10. The Lord has come to seek and to save that which is what? Lost. Jesus came for the souls of men and women, right? Now, th remember what he told Peter? Now, listen, follow me. That's the call. That's the person calling out. Follow me. Why does he want him to follow? And here's the purpose. And I will make you fishers of men. Who's going to make Peter? Peter's a, Peter, no doubt, was probably a great fisherman. But the Lord says, look, it's going to be a different kind of fishing. You know, I've had a few guys from church here, and I, I do the best I can. I'm not a, I'm not a great fisherman but I'm going to tell you something, and some of you may understand this language, some of you may not. I don't get a bait caster. I mean, you know what a bait caster is. Yeah, not one or two guys. It's a, it's a kind of reel that's all open, and you have, to put your, you have to put your thumb on the actual thread inside the, 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 the reel, and then you, you, have to, you have to somehow let up enough that when you cast it, but then you've got to put your thumb close enough that your thumb actually stops. I'm like, listen, I'd just rather have one of those reels that does it all for me. And every time I use one of those, it, it gets all, my line gets all knotted up, twisted up. And guess how many fish I catch? Zero. You know why? Because I'm trying to untangle my line the whole time. But listen, we have to understand this morning that God has a purpose for our lives. And why did Jesus say, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Well, what did Peter do? Peter went out on the Sea of Galilee. Many times they'd go out at nighttime. And when they went out there, what was the purpose? Why did they go out on the Sea of Galilee? Anybody know? To catch fish. By know how they did it in those days. Most of their fishing was with nets. They'd pull those nets in. Remember how the one time they let down their nets and they had fished all night and they had taken nothing, right? But Jesus said, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Now, what was he really saying? He, says, he was saying this. And by the way, it's not just to Peter. If you, if you are a disciple of the Lord, when you got saved, you began this launching pad of adventure with the Lord. And he's, if he told Peter he was going to make him a fisher of men, guess what he's going to make you? A fisher of men. Now, you know what a fisher of men is? 
It's a bringer of people to Jesus. Now, what net are we using? Anybody know? The Word of God, specifically the gospel, right? The Word of God, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, do you understand this morning that your purpose, just like Peter's, is not to catch fish? Now, the last two times that I've gone fishing in the past three weeks, I have outfished everybody that I've fished with. That's amazing because you, you, your preacher is not a fisher. But here's the thing is, is that Peter was no longer going to fish for fish. He was going to fish for souls. Now, Peter couldn't save anyone just like you and I can. But Peter's now starting to understand his purpose. See, the Lord called him, follow me. And he says, and I will make you fishers of men. Look what he said in John 15, 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and, look at this, bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's embarrassing for someone who is a fisherman to come back after a couple hours or all night and have no fish. You know what those fish are? They're their fruit. And the Lord says, when you got saved, he says, I began this work in you that you could be a bringer of people to me. And you know what that means? Every one of us should be bringing people to... Look, Andrew couldn't wait to go find his brother. Who's his brother? The guy we're talking about, Peter. Listen, I, I believe in my heart, just like my wife is very dear to me in this area because she's the one that brought me to the Lord. I really believe that Peter always had a special place in his heart for his brother Andrew. Because Andrew's went, one went and said, hey, look, you need to come see this guy. This is the one that we've been hearing about, the one that the Word of God has spoken about. And look, Peter's life was one that he understood that the Lord chose him. Look, many times I've questioned myself, Lord, why did you put me here? Why did you save me? Anybody else ever ask yourself those questions? You know, a lot of times I think about that. But, you know, when, once the Lord saves us, look, we all know what's called the Great Commission, Matthew 28, a couple other places, that God's given us responsibility after we're saved that we're to go into all the world. Now, there's various ways. We're going to talk about that tonight. Don't miss this evening's service. I'm doing the series on the church. Tonight I'm going to talk about uh, reaching the world. A lot of people think, well, we can't reach the world. We can reach the world. We can. God has a plan. We're going to talk about that plan tonight. But look, we are to go. We're, we're to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Peter's life was one that, look, we understand if, if you catch some fish, you can only keep those fish for so long. You know, you could put them on ice, things like that. It might prolong it a little bit. But listen, when Peter started fishing for men, it totally changed his outlook because everything he was doing was temporal. But when he was fishing for souls, bringing people to Jesus, now he had eternity in view. Everything changed because the fish, if I can put it this way, the fish that he caught or that the Lord saved through Peter's ministry, they now have a home in heaven. They're going to spend eternity with the Lord. You guys with me this morning? Is this, is this Bible? It, it, this is the Word of God this morning. We've got to understand what our purpose is. And for fishing for men, it truly has something 
for all of eternity. I mean, you know, a lot of times I see Christians and they're just as guilty as Jonah. Uh, you know, many times we put our, ourselves ahead of God and it's because we don't consider that those people that we know, they're going to spend eternity somewhere. And according to the word of God, there's only two places. They're going to spend eternity in one of those two places. So it's important that we see this morning, as Peter began this launching pad of adventure, it all began with a call, a call from the Lord, and then there was a purpose for his life. And I, I think in your life and mine, we need to understand what our purpose is. Now look at number two, that, that, that call of God, although it has many benefits, I want you to see the one thing, and here's one thing a lot of people struggle with, Number two, the, the leaving, the leaving. Look back in your Bible there in verse number 20, because after he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, he said, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. They had to leave something, didn't they? See, this is the difficult part, because a lot of times people think, well, it, it, look here, here's, here's the talk I've heard. You mean I have to give up and then they, you fill in the blank. I have to leave this. I have to quit doing this. And people say these types of things all the time. But, you know, I think of there's a great example of this in the Bible about this matter of leaving. And it's kind of odd, but it's a good illustration is marriage. I want you to look there and you know it's way back in the book of Genesis chapter 2. Here's where we see this illustration of the leaving and following principle. The Bible says, therefore shall a man... Look at that word, leave his father and mother. Listen, I was 30 when I moved away from my mom and dad, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it was hard. Now, I got married when I was 20, but I, I left the area where my, and I'm a mama's boy. I don't have a problem saying that. You know, I'm proud of that, all right? But here's the thing is, is that, at 30 years of age, I still remember when God called me, when I understood God's purpose for my life. And again, I realize my purpose is not the same as God's purpose for your life as far as God calling me into full-time service. But I remember when the Bible says here, a man shall leave his father or mother and cleave. That's the following, cleave unto. They shall be as one flesh. You know what you and the Lord need to be? You need to be like as one. And when people see you, they see Christ in you. And, and you can ask yourself, am I being like the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, before a husband and wife can become one, guess what has to happen? Well, according to Genesis 2.24, the husband has to leave. Isn't it interesting? The Bible doesn't say the, the, the woman has to leave her father and mother. <laughs> don't you find that interesting? There's so many. I don't see it as much with with women growing up and not wanting to leave home, but I see it a whole lot more with men. They want to hang around, and you know why? Because mom does his laundry. Mom cooks his meals. I mean, he's in his 30s and 40s, and he's enjoying life. You know why? Because he's got a lifetime maid taking care of him. When, when those boys get to be about 20, 21, and they're still at the house, you know what mom needs to do? She needs to tell her boy, you need to start doing your own laundry. She needs to tell that boy, you need to start cooking your own meals. Matter of fact, why don't you start cooking our meals, you know? And, and, and listen, yeah, even before that, Lynn says. But listen, uh, you know, think about Abraham. Did not Abraham have to leave some things before God blessed his life, right? God says, I want you to get, look at it, it says in Genesis 12, 1, the Lord said unto Abram, 
Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. That always amazes me, Brother Flynn, because I'm thinking to myself, he didn't have a clue where he was going. But all he had was, God says, get your stuff and get out of here. And there has to be a leaving in our lives. Like this, uh, this Abraham, he was a man that understood God wanted him to do something. Now, there are examples in the Bible. Remember the story of the rich young ruler? I mean, the guy was struggling. You know why? Because he had a lot of this. And he loved it. You know, be careful. The Bible calls that mammon. Uh, you know, money's not evil. It's the love of it, right? It's when we start to love those dollar bills instead of loving the Lord. And you can't serve God and mammon, right? And you can't have a divided heart. And the Bible says when Jesus dealt with this rich young ruler, look at the Bible says in Luke 18, 22, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure where? In heaven. And look at this. And he said the same thing to this rich young ruler. Come, follow me. He gave the same invitation to that rich young ruler. He says, look, I, I want you, I want you to be one of my disciples. Now, isn't it sad that the Bible records that this rich young ruler, he went away very sorrowful. The Bible says. You know why? Because the Word of God says, because he was very rich. I've never had that problem. But that man did. There's a lot of people that struggle. Can I tell you, look, what you have, you have because God's allowed you to have it. God's been good to you. So I want you to see about this leaving two things that not only Abraham, Peter, even some of you in your lives, some things we would have to leave now, look, I'm not telling you you got to go home today, sell your house, sell all your stuff, you know, go out and live in the woods. I'm not telling you that. But I am telling you there are some things that God does want us to leave behind. Look at the first one. We need to leave our earthly pursuits. Earthly pursuits. Uh, again, you know, Peter left not only an occupation, but you know what he left? He left a family tradition. You know, he left everything he knew behind. He, 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 you know, I think I'm pretty accurate on this. I could be wrong, but I think from studying the Word of God, I believe that Peter had his own boat and he had his own nets, and he left it. He just walked away from it. That'd be like you, uh, you know, walking away from your automobile, just leaving it sit there and just walk away from it. You know, you paid for it. It's your car, but you just walked away from it. Peter, Peter when he heard the Lord call out to him, he understood this, and I hope you do too, that when God calls, it's a higher calling. It's, it's anything higher than this world. And Peter, amazingly, listen, he was willing to leave those things. You don't see him agonizing. Remember the word you said, and I asked you what that meant? The word starts with an S. They, they left what? Straight way, right? They left immediately. And so look what the Bible says here, Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth, moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. You know, I don't know if you saw it on the news a couple days ago, maybe a week now. This guy was at home. He was sleeping. It was 1.30 in the morning, I think it was. And these two guys went to his gated community, laid down on the ground, and there was that much room underneath the gate they rolled underneath of the gate, 
went to the guy's house, spent an hour moving his automobile that was parked in front of his 30-foot boat. They spent an hour. They were on camera. They didn't know it the whole time. They spent an hour moving his, his truck. I don't know how they moved it. They didn't show that on the news. Then they, they hooked up his 30-foot boat to their vehicle, and they drove out of there with his boat while he was sleeping right inside the house, right next to the boat, and they found the boat. It was in tip-top shape, nothing wrong with it, except for $100,000 of electronics was gone from it. See, listen, everything in life, thieves break through and steal, right? But you know, there is some place where thieves can't steal things. Where would that be? That's in heaven, right? And the Bible says here, look at this, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Folks, I'm going to tell you, you need to make sure that you, you hold on to the things of this world loosely. Here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> I, I don't mean to, I hope this isn't embarrassing, but Brother Jerry and Miss Carla, they're getting ready to move. We all know that. They had a garage sale yesterday or whatever they called it. And I told Brother Jerry, I said, isn't it amazing some of, the, some of the prices that we take for things that we've paid money for over the years? And Brother Jerry said, I just wanted to get rid of it. But, you know, it, that's what happens is things lose their value. But look here, there's one place where things never lose their value. God has a, a place for us called heaven. And Peter's boat, you know what's going to happen? It eventually would rot. You know what happened to those nets? Eventually they would disintegrate. But everything Peter was doing after he followed the Lord, it had eternal significance. The souls that were caught, they were going to live for eternity. Look, we must understand that we have a greater importance in our lives when we give ourselves to spiritual pursuits. And so I want you to think about this. There has to be the leaving of earthly pursuits. But then I mentioned, look at this, there is also a leaving of personal ties. Personal ties. Uh, leaving the people that you love. I'll never forget the day, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, the day that I pulled out with a 26-foot Penske U-Haul pickup or a truck, a big box on the back, had all of our earthly possessions except for what wouldn't fit in it. I pulled out of there towing a little bitty car that I owned, and as I pulled out of that driveway at 157 Duke Court in St. Peter's, Missouri, I'll never forget what I saw. Because those, those big trucks have huge mirrors on the sides of them. And when I looked in that huge mirror, I saw those earthly possessions that wouldn't fit in the truck that my wife and I said, it's just things, and we just left it there. But more than that, I saw my mom and my dad standing there. And I thought, in just a split second, I wonder if I'll ever see them in this life again. That was one of the hardest days of my life. But do you know that as soon as I thought that, I began to think about the adventure that the Lord was taking me on. And my heart was just full. Now, certainly, it's hard sometimes... Peter and Andrew, they had to leave their family. I mean, they, they followed the Lord. It, look, it wasn't like, hey, Lord, we're going to be with you from 8 to 5. No, no, no. They spent days and days and days with the Lord. How about, how about our missionaries that we support? Any missionary. 
Some missionaries, they don't leave this country. God leads them to a mission field right here within the borders of the United States, but they still leave their home and their family and friends, and they go to wherever it is God's called them to. Missionaries do that. Many times we don't think about that. Abraham, remember, he had to leave the Ur of the Chaldees. Look at the Bible says here in Mark 10, Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I hope you're looking at this this morning, there is no man, you ought to underline that if you're in the habit of underlining or, or highlighting, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake. There's another good phrase there. He says, for my sake and the gospels. Now look at the rest of this. He says, if you're going to do that for me, for my sake, notice he shall receive and hundredfold, what's that next word? Now. Look at here. God doesn't say someday when you get to heaven. He says, if you're going to leave behind some things and follow me, if you're going to be one of my disciples, he says, I have some blessings for you now in this time, houses and brethren. Isn't that everything that he just told them to leave? But he says, look, I have things for you now. And look at the end of the verse. And... In the world to come, eternal life. God says, I've got blessing. If you would just follow me now, I've got things I want to bless you with now, but I also have things I want to bless you with someday in eternity. Isn't that exciting? Now listen, that doesn't happen. Those blessings don't come unless we hear the call of God and we obey the call of God. In other words, we have to leave some things behind. Folks, listen, I hope the Lord's showing you some things that he's shown me. And, and I've, I am where I am today because we have left some things. But listen, there might be some days in the future where God might say, okay, listen, I want you to leave this. I'd love to have all my children right here with me. But guess what? That's not God's will for them or for me. I, I would love to be with my mother who's 80 years old suffering from dementia in a, in a, a home where she's being cared for. My father's there with her every day, two times a day, for I don't know how many hours every day. I'd love to be with my mom before she leaves this world, but guess what? This is where God wants me to be. We need to understand this, this morning that we need to accept God's call, and here's why, because of the great sacrifice that he has given to us. So look at the number three this morning. We've, we've talked about the calling, we've talked about the leaving, and it only makes sense, number three would then be the following, right? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, we've got to go forward in faith. That's what it's going to take. You know, Pete, look, Peter could have said, but you, Lord, you don't understand. This is one of the best boats on the water. No, he, he turned from that. He says, I, I really don't. How many, of you, how many of you think Peter understood everything that he was about to get himself into? Anybody? No. Anybody in here know what tomorrow holds for you? Outside of maybe some things you got scheduled? Do you know that those things you have scheduled might get unscheduled? Right? Remember what I told you, every day is an adventure with the Lord, is it not? Every day. They probably told you guys some of the stuff you were going to do on that trip. Did you do anything that maybe wasn't on the agenda? In the... Well, part of it was be flexible. Yeah. Be flexible. Yeah, you know, people say that's, that's one of the Beatitudes the Lord didn't put in the Bible. Blessed are the flexible, right? Because, listen, 
I mean, I guarantee you, God has something, and that's, that's what we have to do, is we have to live a life by faith. How many of you love Hebrews chapter number 11, right? And what's the two words you keep seeing over and over again? By faith. By faith. I mean, you study the life of those great people, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and on and on, because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to do what? Please to please Him, right? You can't please God if you don't live a life by faith. Now, again, we, we want it all laid out on paper before we'll do it, right? That's not the life of a Christian. The life of a Christian is we've got to go forward by faith. It, faith it, look here, following requires faith, but then look at letter B here. Faith replaces fear. This is what grips many of us. You know, again, we talked with Jessica, and, and when she first told us she was going to go on that trip because we've gotten to know Jessica, we're, we're like, I don't think she's going to go on that trip. And I guarantee you she had some things that she probably thought, I don't know if I want to go on that trip either. But, you know, she had to, she had to put her faith in the Lord. She had, to put, she had to put aside those fears. You know, you, you study the Word of God enough, but we all understand that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, Right? And we have to have a life of faith. Peter stepped out. And look, you know, here's a good question, because part of what Peter's life, those fish, they provided for his family. So maybe Peter's mind was, uh, how am I going to be able to provide for the people I love? You know, my dad asked me when I went off to Bible college, my dad said, I was 30 years old. And my dad said to me, he says, son, do you have a job when you go down to to Tennessee? I said, no, sir. He looked at me and he says, you don't have a job. I said, no, I don't. He said, do you have a house? Do you have a place to live? I said, well, I think we do. He said, but you're not sure? I said, well, hopefully it'll be there when we get there. I said, they, they said that. He says, so, so let me get this straight. You have, you have no job. You may not have a place to live. And it was amazing, the next statement out of his mouth. How are you going to provide for my daughter and for my grandchildren? It wasn't me. He didn't care about me. <laughs> now, you have to understand, my father, and I love him to death. I've talked to him about the Lord. My father's not, a, best I know, my father's not a saved man. He's, according to the Bible, he's a natural man. You have to understand how ridiculous that sounded to my father that I was going to move from the comfort of where I was, making the money that I was, enjoying life like I was, to go to a place I've never been before, to not have a job, no income, maybe have a place to live, not really knowing what tomorrow holds. My dad thought, and he looked at me and he said, son, I've raised you better than that. Now, you know what my dad raised me to do? To provide, to work hard for a living. And I'm not scared of work. I enjoy work. But here's the thing is, my dad could not understand the faith life. Are you with me? That's what we're talking about here. So faith replaces fear. Jesus said unto his disciples in Matthew 16, if any man will come after me, let him deny who? Himself. You can see, look at this, Peter conquered his fears. The Bible says in Mark 4.40, why are you so fearful? How is it, this, he was talking to his disciples, how is it that you have no faith? 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Folks, can I tell you this morning where faith exists, 
fear dissipates. We have to live a life of faith. I, I love this because faith, I, I believe, is the light that removes the darkness in our life. Look at Psalm 56. The psalmist said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his name. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. John later on said, right before the book of Revelation, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Do you love the Lord this morning? Do you love him enough to hear his call? Do you love him enough to leave some things for him? Do you love him enough to follow him? How many of you are ready for an adventure with God? Because I'll tell you what, that's the Christian life. Every day, every day is an adventure. I hope, you're, I hope you're ready for the adventure, all right? Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning for speaking to our hearts. Lord, so much is applicable from the life of Peter. I thank you for the example that we have. Lord, may we learn from his life. And Lord, may we be willing to, to hear your call. Lord, that we would be willing to leave some things and that we definitely would follow you in all the pursuits that you put before us, trusting in you in Christ alone, not letting fear dictate anything in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.